Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Blessing it is to be in this tent tonight. Can you say amen? All the wonderful things that God has done, the reports that we've heard, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing to join together and link our hearts together and be partakers together of the grace of God. To God be the glory. Much yet to be done. Amen. Romans chapter 9. Turn there with me if you will. I want to preach for a few minutes from this passage of Scripture. I uh, want to encourage those that uh, can. Uh, there's a... Uh, Crusade in Mexico City, January 23, 24, 25. There's a crusade in Glendale, March 28. There's a crusade in San Luis, Mexico, uh, April 23, 24, 25. You can learn more in uh, a couple of services in a crusade of seeing the dynamics uh, and the grace of God at work than you learn in 50 books. And if you have the opportunity, you need to avail yourself of that. It would really bless you. I want to minister uh, tonight from this passage scripture, Romans chapter 9. There is emerging a trend in the Christian world. And uh, this this trend is that uh, this is a dispensation. And in this dispensation that the Jews have a special niche spiritually. Let me read you a quote out of one author. He's calling this a dual covenant. And he said, We charismatics love and respect Israel. Some of us even incorporate Jewish practices in our worship, such as blowing shofars or celebrating Hebraic feasts. I don't know where on earth that idiot came from, but anyway, that's what he says. These things can enrich our Christian experience, but some leaders go too far. When they begin to teach, listen, that Jews don't need to believe in Jesus Christ to experience salvation. They imply that Jews have a special access into heaven simply because of their ethnic heritage. This is a flagrant contradiction of everything the New Testament teaches this is called dual covenant, becoming very, very prominent. Pastor Greg Mitchell uh, taught a series recently uh, that you'd be very interested in exposing uh, all that that's about. Also, in with this, there's a teaching that a, a Jewish evangelist, after the rapture, they're going to reap the great harvest uh, that the scripture talks about, and they're going to do this and produce this harvest after the uh, rapture of the church. Both of those are erroneous, 
philosophies, and I want to speak to that for a few minutes if we could, because we're in danger of losing one of the greatest events, the understanding one of the greatest events in all of history, which is called the harvest of the Gentiles. Romans 9. Follow there with me, if you will, beginning in verse 22. What of God, wanting to show his wrath and to make known his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory uh, on the vessels of mercy which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called uh, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I'll call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You're not my people, there they shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a sea, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have become made like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles who did not pursue after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. I want to preach to a sermon entitled, uh, The Harvest uh, of the Gentiles. I want to focus with you for a moment on the error that blinded the Jews when Jesus was ministering. This is very important to understand that. Historically, there's a covenant. This covenant God made with Abraham. And as I said to uh, different people in teaching, you'll never understand the Bible until you understand Abraham and Abraham's covenant. And in this covenant, there is an ethnic heritage which was given to the children of Abraham, the physical descendants of Abraham. Romans chapter 9 verse 4 says, Who are Israelites, in whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. This is clearly outlined in Scripture. And when Jesus was ministering and he said uh, uh, that uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free, they said, we've never been in bondage anyway. We be the seed of Abraham. This is why those words are spoken. Uh, and to find it there, because these the physical descendants, the heir that they had uh, was... Uh, that because their physical descendants, this gave them special access to God. And this gave them privilege because they were the people of God. They were Jews. They were Israelites. And so this is the, uh, the, the factor that blinded the Jews. It's because we are physical descendants of Abraham. Then we have a corner on heavenly blessings because we're the physical seeds of Abraham. And they missed the big picture. They were blinded. And the big picture is verse 24. The Gentiles, which are the rest of the world besides the Jews. 
in the book of Amos chapter 9 verse 12 says that they might possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord who does these things so they missed that picture and uh, because of they were physical descendants uh, they were blinded to that uh, and uh, uh, and this is the key to that blinding this was contrary to the prevailing mentality uh, when Jesus Christ uh, came in his day. uh, And to the Jews, Gentiles uh, were only good to feed the fires of hell. This was their prevailing theology. uh, And Jesus confronted this. He tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. You can read about it. And it has to do with who is my neighbor. But uh, follow this. Uh, He gives a little story to Jewish ministers, one a Levite and one a priest, are going down the road and they find a man wounded, laying by the roadside. One passes by to not be defiled by this uh, this body. The other one comes and looks and passes on his way. And then comes a Samaritan. Jesus said, "When Jesus spoke this, in your face." That was why he spoke that. We can't get a grasp of that uh, totally because of our background and so on. But uh, uh, there's many segments. The widow of Zarephath, the story of the widow of Zarephath, a Gentile. Luke chapter 4, 27 uh, through 29. Many lepers were in Israel. Jesus is preaching to the synagogue in Galilee. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And they rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. So here's the preacher this morning. And as he preaches this, they grab him. They're going to run him. They're going to kill him. Because this offended them that Gentiles had a corner on God, uh, and the blessing was there, said, we don't like what you preach, uh, we're going to kill you. Get a little feeling of this, because here we're dealing with a crucial issue that blinded uh, the Jews. In the book of John, Jesus comes to a woman at the well of Samaria, John chapter 4, Leads her in a, an experience of salvation. She goes back, witness to the city in which she lived. They come out. Uh, they get saved. John chapter 4, verse 35. Do not say, as he's saying this to his disciple. He's got to get this through to them. Do not say there's still four months and then comes a harvest. Uh, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already white for harvest. Uh, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him because of the word of the woman uh, who testified, uh, he told me all that I ever did. Now this is a profound dimension. Jesus deliberately does that because he's trying to open their eyes uh, to the big picture of the harvest of the Gentiles, uh, and this is a monumental task uh, to begin to turn them. Acts chapter 10, Peter sees a vision, comes down. You know the story, and uh, the essence is it sends him to Cornelius, a Roman centurion uh, that is there, so that he can open his eyes to an understanding that the big picture goes beyond the Jew. 
So let's consider that for a moment because this has solid prophetic grounding and statements in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So biblically, over and over and over again, this is just a portion of the scripture that says plainly in the word of God, his vision is for the whole world, and that means everybody besides Jews have a part in God's salvation. And this is why when Simeon came into the temple and Jesus is going to be dedicated, Luke 2 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So here is God's purpose outlined briefly, and that is to bring salvation to the Gentiles through the Jewish people, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. This brings me then to the dispensation of reaping. There is uh, distinctive dispensations in what God is doing uh, in the earth. We are dispensationalists. If you don't know what that means, why find out for yourself. (laughs) This means that there are certain dispensations or time frames uh, in which God is doing certain things. And we believe that God works through dispensations, uh, through history. You can find out what that's all about. Uh, But these are time frames when God does a distinctive uh, work. In Acts chapter 15, verse 14, Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles uh, to take out of them a people for his name. And with this the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written... After this, I'll return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up uh, so that the uh, rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles uh, who are called by my name, says the Lord, uh, who does uh, all these things. Peter is bringing this to conclusion. If we can follow the word of God, what God is doing in this dispensation, they come to the conclusion this, to take out of the Gentiles a a people for his name. Yes, God has a final purpose for the Jew, uh, but that's not now. That's after the rapture. The curtain closes, opens again. Now a new dispensation, uh, which is the time of Jacob's trouble. But as we look at that for a moment, Peter brings this to conclusion in Acts 11, verse 18. He's telling what God has done in his ministry. And when they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentile repentance to life. Now, this is the lights coming on in their, in their eyes uh, as the leaders of the church are coming together. And so Scripture then Uh, foretells a great, great harvest of precious souls uh, on planet Earth. Look at the text here for a moment. uh, And uh, these are the people who believe uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ who are the people uh, of God. 
Hosea prophesies about this in 110, which we gave a portion of in another uh, text there. And in Hosea 110, he says, Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it will come to pass. How is this going to come to pass? In the place where it was said to them, You're not my people. There shall it be said to them, You're the sons of the living God. John the Revelator. In the book of Revelation chapter 9. He's in Patmos for the preaching of the gospel. He's working in the salt mines as a slave. And as he's there. How many of you know God can speak to you anywhere? Can you say amen? Uh, May God deliver me. I don't have to go to a salt mine before God can talk to me. So he's in the salt mines. And in the book of Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 says. After these things. I looked and behold a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, uh, and tongues, standing before the throne before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, uh, with palm branches in their hands. Now think about this for a moment, uh, because presently on planet Earth there are about 7.3 billion people. So John sees... uh, a great multitude of people. Uh, and as he sees this great multitude of people, these are people uh, who have been saved uh, by grace uh, in Jesus Christ. So let's calculate this up for a moment. The number of Jews in the world today are minuscule. There are perhaps 8 million in Israel living today. In the entire world, they calculate there's 15 million. So if we can take God at his word, and we can, can you say amen? This means in this great vision that John saw cannot be just Jews. So let's bring this then to where we need to be, because this is a prophecy of the harvest of the Gentiles and the Gentile nations, of which almost all of us in this tent are a part of, whether you're from Africa, Asia, whether South America, North America, Canada, you're Gentile nations. And this is what he's looking at in the scripture. These are believers in the church of Jesus Christ. Paul picks this up in Galatians 3 and verse 26. And he begins to give some insight in what qualifies to be a part of this. Galatians 3.26, For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither uh, slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you all one in Christ Jesus. Listen. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. But there's more. Let's look at the big picture now because the big picture is the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. In the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 14, the uh, prophet John sees this and he reads these words. Then I looked. And behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. 
So he sat on the cloud, thrust in the sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Follow the next few verses that are there, and you find that there's another angel comes out. And he says, uh, there's another angel with a sharp sickle. Uh, he reaps, uh, and what he reaps then, after that event takes place, he reaps the judgment uh, of the earth for their rejection of Jesus Christ, uh, which begins uh, the horrible uh, process uh, of judgment of the earth for rejection of Jesus Christ, culminating uh, in the time of Jacob's trouble, uh, which is the tribulation period, uh, uh, and this is the scenario that is there. So here's the big picture, and here's the great, uh, uh, the great uh, uh, revelation of this era. The earth is reaped, and the purpose of God uh, is the harvest uh, of the Gentiles before he finishes uh, with the judgment of the Jew for their rejection of Jesus Christ, which is the first half of the tribulation. So let's think for a moment now, because what we want to focus on tonight is the ripening harvest. Thank God. Oh, thank God for the day in which we live. Hallelujah. Say, well, pastor, uh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, I'm not going there. Amen. And you don't have to go there. Can you say amen? One of the... This is the greatest time that men have ever lived, the opportunity that we have. And this is the day of Pentecost. Let's look at that for a moment because the day of Pentecost is the day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is the book of Acts chapter 2. And this is a distinctive dimension and this is a distinctive experience. And Peter stood after this outpouring of the disciples in the upper room, baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues. And he stands and he said, this is that. This is not something else. This is that. Are you listening to me? Peter now is going to bring this to a conclusion, uh, give some explanation, and he quotes Joel, uh, and he says, This is that, Acts 2, 16 and 17, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I'll pour out my spirit uh, upon all flesh. So think about that for a moment, because uh, whatever that was... Uh, is what brought 3,000 people to the altar when he got through preaching. This has meaning. These are not just words. This has profound understanding because this is that is what brought that harvest and a little later 5,000 saved. And this brings us to an understanding of the early and the latter rain. Now, the imagery cannot be separated from the truth that's in the scripture in the Bible. Because this is the element that produces the harvest. What he was saying was, uh, this is not just some accident that these people uh, were saved. This is that uh, which produced the harvest. As he quotes the prophet Joel, as we refer to a little bit later, uh, these are linked together and he uses an agricultural Reality. This agricultural reality is something the Jewish nation experienced in the nation, which was the early and the latter rain. For the seed to begin to sprout, it had to have uh, the early rain after the seed was put in the soil. Then after the uh, uh, period of growth, uh, 
Before the harvest could be brought to its full fruition, they had to have the latter rain. They depended upon that. They depended upon God to give that. And so here's this rich imagery. And Joel chapter 2 and verse 23 speaks to that. It says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. I was looking over my notes this afternoon in words of an old song uh, that I first heard in a tent revival uh, came to my mind. Uh, and I can't remember all the words, uh, but it was, Send us the rain, Lord. Send us the rain. Send us the latter rain. We need the rain, Lord. We need the rain, Lord. We need the latter rain. They were singing about something significant. Can you say amen? That they were pleading with God to pour out his spirit because it's that which brings the harvest. And this is what they were singing about. And so this is what sends the gospel to the ends of the earth. I spoke about a book that is the history of the Pentecostal revival, uh, which is to the ends of the earth, documents uh, what God has done. Uh, and that book is entitled To the Ends of the Earth, How Pentecostalism Has Changed the Shape uh, of World Christianity. Uh, and thank God uh, we're part of that. Galatians 3 and verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So here we have then Paul's writing about that. And as he writes, he says that the blessing of Abraham, what is the blessing of Abraham? It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised by covenant in stages and in dispensations, uh, and Paul's writing and says, we're in that dispensation now. It's available to us. Uh, and James uh, picks this up, uh, and, uh, uh, and Romans picks this up. Romans 9, verse 28. We read this very quickly. For God will finish the work, and he'll cut it short in righteousness, uh, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. Or in other words, it says God in the, in, the, in, the, in the finishing of the latter rain, he's going to accelerate the work that he's doing because the former and the latter rain are what brings the, the, the harvest to fruition. James picks this up, adds a little shot to that as he's preaching. He says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives uh, the latter rain. Now let's focus in on what we have here. What we have then is prophecy. Prophecy uh, is in the mind of God. His purpose is outlined in prophecy, but it's an interesting thing about prophecy. It must be triggered. What triggers prophecy is human beings who respond by faith to what God has to say. Listen to Amos chapter 9 verse 13. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills will flow with it, says the Lord. So let's think about that for a moment. Uh, 
because as we're reading this, uh, here is Peter now on the day of Pentecost. He understands what's happening here, and as he understands what's happening, he moved the hearers uh, to action, to believe, uh, and then 5,000 people got saved, 5,000 a bit later. But remember, he triggered this with the words he spoke. He triggered this harvest by explaining the harvest of God was brought to fruition, was ready by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But Peter is the one that speaks and brings this to fruition. And we have to grasp now a spiritual issue. Man declares God moves. See, we we have, we have, uh, there's Calvinists, you know, Calvinists have lost their mind. They might as well be Muslims. Que Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. No, whatever will be, will not be. Until someone obeys God. Peter recognizes this. Don't miss this. This is connected. He speaks words, and he speaks words is triggered. These people, faith rises up. They begin to accept that, and this brings it to pass. Ezekiel. Sees a great vision. As he sees this vision, he sees a valley of dry bones. And as he sees them, it's, uh, there's bones everywhere. And he says they were very dry. Kind of like your church maybe this morning. <laughs> and God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live? Well, he, he's afraid to, he's, he's going to miss the test here. He said, you know, Lord. And God says to him, you speak to these bones, uh, prophesy to these bones. Uh, and as he did so, bone came upon bone, uh, flesh came upon them, uh, and a great army began to rise. Uh, this is so profound uh, that we can't miss this, uh, because what we're dealing with this uh, evening is the fullness of the Gentiles. The fullness of the Gentiles is the harvest of the Gentiles. That is triggered by faith that lays hold of the promises of God. And there's a historical element. Man speaks, God moves. Daniel is in captivity. He's in an exile in Babylon. But he's reading the Bible. How many of you know when things are tough, you need to read your Bible? He's reading the Bible. And as he's reading the book of Jeremiah's prophecies, uh, he reads uh, that 70 years uh, are to be fulfilled in the punishment uh, and the exile. And as he reads that, he understands uh, that's now. And as he realizes it's now, he set himself uh, to release that. uh, And as he set himself to release that, the heavens begin to move. Oh, thank God. Can you say amen? The heavens begin to move. The heavens begin to move. Angels begin to shift gears and visit him and say from the very first day you begin to pray, Daniel, your prayer was heard. And Daniel triggered the promise of God's prophecy as a man. Think about that for a moment. Say, you mean one man can absolutely one man. Here's Jonah. He finally obeys God. You better obey God because if you don't obey God, he's going to make you wish you had. God said, you go and you prophesy to Nineveh. 
He didn't want to prophesy to Nineveh because Nineveh's Gentile. And finally, when God got him to do eight short words, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be destroyed, an entire city of hundreds of thousands of people come to, come to knowledge of repentance. Even the cows are fasting, amen. <laughs> the king is fasting because one man spoke and God moved. Now listen to me tonight as we bring this to a conclusion. This is the hour of the harvest of the Gentiles. Think with me for a moment. Here we, you know, I've lived a long time. And, and, and I can't even imagine, as I'm here tonight, uh, people being allowed to preach the gospel in Russia and the shifting there, a glorious, wonderful revival is happening in Russia right now. Our brother Sergei Golubev has prophesied and to these dead bones that are in Russia and are coming alive. China is slated to become the largest Christian nation in the world in a very, very short few years because that spirit is being poured out right now. Right now. Think about that for a moment. Man speaks, God moves. I was just in Chile. The brother uh, gave his testimony, Brother Suspedes. And uh, uh, the reason I'm telling this is I'm challenging you. I can't remember what we put in that crusade, but maybe $9,000, American dollars, uh, set a tent up. Uh, in the middle of Valparaiso, and the most astonishing thing, I'm looking out uh, on this uh, crowd, and I'm, as I'm looking, I'm, I'm saying, I think I leaned over to Eddie and said, these, these are all sinners. Ain't nobody singing out there. They don't even know what's going on. They, just they saw advertising for Healy, and they came. And I looked out, and I thought the whole tent's coming forward to be prayed for. Three services, eight $9,000. He says 350 convert cards they got out of that. Many, many miracles. Are you listening to me? I gave a call for deaf ears because we ran out of some things one night. Call for deaf ears. They just kept coming. They just kept coming. One deaf ear kept coming, kept coming. And so uh, I thought there's 10, maybe 12 deaf ears. It was a wonderful night. And uh, they just, they're getting healed just just like that, and uh, I said, uh, uh, "How many? How many deaf ears were open?" They said, uh, "Well, uh, uh, I think 15." I said, no, "I thought 10 or 12." Another said, "20." And I said, "I want you for my head usher." You know? <laughs> <laughs> Only pastors understand that joke. <laughs> what I'm saying is, this is the season of the harvest of the Gentiles. Why are they prophesying this about China? Because China has opened by the hand of God, and they're saying in a very short few years, uh, China is going to be the largest Christian population in the world. Amen. San Luis, coming right up. We've done crusades for the last few years. It's right down there. In this tent tonight, there are people who are pastoring or all along the, the Mexican border to Mexico. San Luis, 
not much money. I can't remember ten thousand, maybe eleven thousand dollar total advertising for that crusade, and glorious thousand eleven hundred people come. Mass prayer, just a mass prayer for people. Some of the most glorious miracles. One year, two years, I think a waterhead baby. About a waterhead baby's born, there's no hope. Nothing's ever going to change that. And in a mass prayer, that waterhead baby heal by the power of God. Heal by the power of God. Why am I telling you this? Because there are many of you sitting here. You could do a crusade in Mexico. You don't have to be a missionary. Just drive across the border and sit some pastor. Set him a, he doesn't have the money to do a crusade. And you could do that because you can do anything I can do. It's not what I'm doing. It's the outpouring of the Spirit of God. The harvest of the Gentiles are there. So let's come to grips with this this evening then. Man speaks. God moves. It's not by works which we've done, but according to his mercy, he saves us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. This is the harvest of the Gentile ripening right now. We can play little religious games. We can wave banners and dance around. And, you know, you can, but I want to tell you that this is the harvest of the Gentile. It's there. Say, oh, that happens in these foreign countries. No, it happens in America, too. But God's waiting for somebody to take him at his word. Man speaks. God moves. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.